Okay. So talking about connection, about uh, belonging, about community. And here's a fact. The level of our spiritual health, the level of our effectiveness as individuals and as a church is dependent upon the level of our connectedness, our connectedness to God and our connectedness within our community. I just noticed, just before I go any further, I just want to acknowledge Steve Moore up the back there. Give give us a wave, Steve. So Steve's been uh, involved in the church in many different levels over the last number of years, four years, five years. Uh, Today's his last Sunday because he's just been offered a job as the director of uh, before and after school care in another church uh, of another denomination, and he has to uh, attend the church as part of his uh, role. So... uh, Steve's been involved, uh, he ran youth with Joe down here for a number of years. He worked in the office, volunteered for two days for a year. Uh, He has played on drums. He's been involved in many areas of the church. So uh, can we just uh, thank Steve? We're going to pray for him at the end of the service. Our loss is their gain. So uh, awesome young man. Right. Uh So Christianity is not a religion of independence or autonomy. And, you know, our culture, our society, a lot of our uh, teaching these days is about the individual. And the Bible teaches about the individual, but but, uh, because of the uh, enlightenment, which some of you may or may not know about, there's been a focus on the the individual, that the individual usurps the community, that, that what is most important is you, your life, your desires, and what you're doing. And the Bible does teach that, but not at the expense of belonging and being a part of something bigger than yourself. Uh, George Bernard Shaw said this, the idea of independence is the blasphemy of the middle class. The idea that you can survive on your own and do what you want when you want is, does not come from the Bible and is available to certain echelons of society. Um, Martin Luther King said this, an individual has not yet even begun to live until they can rise above the narrow confines of their individualistic concerns to the broader concerns of all humanity. Christianity is not just about the individual. Christianity is about community. Christianity is about believing and belonging. The two always go together. Uh, Disconnection equals disability. A disability is a where you are unable to do something that you were supposed to be able to do. You are disabled. When we disconnect from community, when we disconnect from what God is doing broader than ourselves, we, uh, we end up uh, disconnecting and then we are unable to do what God has designed and called for us to do, which is to work within groups, communities, relationships and people. Ephesians 4.16, if you've got your Bibles, you can have a look at this. If you're taking notes, Ephesians 4.16 says, From Him, everyone say Him. From Him, the whole body, talking of the church, the whole body joined and held together by every joint grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. There's that W word. (laughs) Work. The whole body, joined and held together by every joint, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. A body, 
That's the, that's the analogy, that's the metaphor, that's the picture that Paul uses to describe the church and how the church functions, the church and how the church works in the world, that it is a body. Jesus, it says, is the head of that body. And then every one of us working within the, the, the parts of the body to do what God has shaped, called, gifted uh, us to do. So uh, Paul in other parts of the Bible talks about uh, different parts of the body, that there's hands, there's, there's feet, there's eyes, there's ears, and that we all have a part to play. We're not all the same. We are all different and we celebrate our differences. We don't, uh, uh, we don't think that one, that one particular style, one particular gift, one particular talent is greater than the others. Paul goes on to say that's like the eye or the ear saying, uh, I, the eye is better than the ear. But if you don't have an ear, you can't hear. Hey, that rhyme, that's pretty cool, hey? <laughs> I should be a rapper. <laughs> Maybe not. No? <laughs> so what's the point of, uh, you know, if, if the ear wants to be an eye, you've got three eyes, but you can't hear. What's the point of the hand wanting to be a feet, a foot? You end up with three foot or four foot. Four, Four foot, four foots, four foots and no hands. And so it's important that as we discover who we are, as we discover what gifts, talents, abilities, how God shaped us, what he's given us, he says, I want you to take that and not just use it for yourself, which is okay, but then we invest that back into the community, that we invest it back into the kingdom so that we can then build the kingdom of God. The talents, the skills, the abilities, the gifts that God has given us were not just given to you to use for yourself. If you have a gift of raising money, that gift was not just given to you so that you can accumulate wealth for yourself. If you've got a gift of compassion, it was not just so that you could use that for yourself. If you've got a gift, uh, 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 intellectual gift, an emotional gift, a sales gift, uh, all the gifts, all the abilities, the things that we have were all given to us so that we could use them in the broader context of community so that the body could be whole so that we would have eyes, so that we would have a nose, so we'd have a mouth, we'd have ears, we'd have hands, we'd have feet, and no, none is greater than the other, but they all work together to do what God has called us to do as the church body universally across the world, but also in different locations and in different places. So we here in Roselle are a body, and we're also part of the body of Christ. And so we bring our gifts and our talents and our abilities. Otherwise... If we're an ear and we don't come, then we don't have an ear. Or we've got one ear, not two. Uh, so I want to look at three parts of this, of this scripture. So from him, the whole body joined and held together. The first part I want to look at is joined and held together. The body is not just a group of bones, organs, sinews, ligaments, all just put together and placed on the ground. They all work together. They're all shaped. They're all designed to fit together and to work together. Um, it's exactly the same with the body. We work together. We are held together. God's Spirit holds us together. Our, our heart holds us together. Our commitment holds us together. Um, we're joined through vision. Our vision for, for 
Roselle, our vision for Sydney, a Sydney, a city for Christ that joins us together. We want to make a difference. We want to see God's kingdom come and his will done in our own life. Yes, of course, that we see the fullness of his promises coming to pass in our world, our family, our environment, but then beyond that into the lives of other people so that we're not just living for ourselves. Vision and purpose. Um, Join through heart, our heart for God, our heart for the church, our heart to see his kingdom come. These things join us together, held and joined together by every joint, it says there. Uh, our bones make up the skeletal structure which support, I didn't make this up, I got this from uh, Google, <laughs> our, <laughs> which is close to the Bible, not, not quite the Bible, but... <laughs> Our bones make up our skeletal structure, which support the soft tissue and protect the organs, but the movement of the body, the only way movement is possible is through the joints. If you don't have joints, you can have the muscles, but the joint is what allows for movement. So it's our joining together. Without joints, you couldn't move your hands, your legs, your arms, your neck, your spine. So the body works because it is joined together. Wikipedia says the joints are the points of union between the bones. Without unity, without connection, we cannot move towards what God has called us to do. Without unity, without connection, without being joined, without having a vision and saying we're all committed to that vision, without connecting our hearts and saying I connect I bring my heart. I don't just bring my head. I just bring my head. No, I bring my heart. I, I invest something in. I'm not just a spectator. Well, there's a step there. <laughs> I'm not just a spectator. I'm not just sitting in the stands watching what's going on. I'm actually going to get on the field. I'm actually going to invest my energy, my time, my money, my, my resources, my skills, my ability, my talents. I'm bringing them to the field to take the ball forward, to score a try in Jesus' name. Every time a player is on the sideline, and uh, I know all you non-sports aficionados are loving this analogy, but if, there's, if it's rugby league, 13 players, if it's rugby union, there's 15 players, but if one of those players goes off the field, you are a player down. You are at a disadvantage. Every time... In our community here, people that God's calling here says, oh, I don't want to get on the field. I'm going to sit in the sideline. I don't really want to be involved. I don't really want to uh, contribute. We are a player down. We have one less person on the field to do what God has called us to do. And God wants everybody on the field bringing what they have to take that ball forward to score a try in Jesus' name. Every joint joined together. Everyone say joined. Grows and builds, point two. Grows and builds itself up in love. So growing and building. Um, so as I said before, uh, the body grows because it's joined. It's connected. It's all part. If we, if we just put uh, you know, a bunch of bones down here and some tissues, a couple of organs, couple of kidneys, a <laughs> couple of lungs down there, a bit of, bit of uh, uh, long intestine. Now, what are they called? Intestines. 
large and small intestine. Just If we got all these parts of the body, we piled them all up here in a pile right here. We went, wow, there's a body. You go, that's not, they're the parts of a body, but that is not a body. We call it a body because it's joined together. It's no different. And another analogy that, that Paul uses about the, the church is, is a building. So if, we, if you get all the bricks and all the uh, plaster, the nails and all the parts of a building and then we just got them all backed in and we just piled them all up here and said, oh, wow, there's a building, you'd go, that's not a building, that's the parts of a building. They're the elements of a building, but that's not a building. It's not a building, it's not a body until they're all fitted together and working together to make what they were designed to do. And God is saying, that's what a church is. A church is not just people that come, hear a message, go off and do their own thing for the rest of the week and done their religious duty and feel good about themselves because they've been to church. It's good to go to church. We come to church to build one another up. We come to church to hear from God, to be encouraged by God, but also to encourage others. To say a word of encouragement to someone else, to pray for someone else, to give to someone else, to say, hey, you can do it. Working together, building one another up, inviting people in. That's how the body works. Uh, that's what it means when it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 46 to 47, uh, talking about the early church, the first church that was formed in, in the book of Acts. Chapter 2, it says, They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, which we, we've done, worshiping, followed by meals at home. In other words, they had community. They connected with one another. When was the last time you invited someone over for a meal in your home? It's gone quiet. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, verses 46. Followed by meals at homes, every meal a celebration. And uh, uh, this is where connect groups fit in, being part of a smaller community. It was talking about people gathering together got a cord, it's choking me. <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, connect groups are a vital part of church where we get together in smaller groups, encourage one another, we can pray for one another. Uh, eating meals, me food, eating together is such a powerful thing, isn't it? When you sit down and you have a meal with somebody, something significant takes place. In fact, in the Jewish culture, they won't even have a meal with you unless they're committed to a relationship and that's the same in some other traditions as well the power of eating together the power of saying hey we're going to break bread together there's great power in it followed by meals in the home every meal a celebration exuberant and joyful as they praise God people in general like what they saw every day their numbers grew and God added to those who were saved how does it grow how does the church grow how does it become healthy how does God moves, He moves as we join together, as we connect together, as we reach out to one another, as we invite people and there's always new people coming uh, and we invite, we include, we, we grow. Um, another thing that I realized when I was doing this study is that uh, the major joints have, some, have a fluid in them. Who knew that? Oh, look at all the medical people. <laughs> what's, that, what's that fluid called? Synovial fluid. Thank you, Virginia. 
synovial fluid. Um, did you know that the joints in the church have a fluid in them as well? What's it called? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in. You know, sometimes when the Holy Spirit, what happens in a joint, Virginia, in a body where that fluid's not there? What happens? Osteoarthritis. Did you know churches can get osteoarthritis? And what happens when, when the joints break down? It gets painful. There's wear and tear on the, on, the, on the bones. There's damage that occurs to the body. It's exactly the same in the church. When the Holy Spirit is not there, when there's not grace and forgiveness, the overlooking of offenses, the letting go of this and that that goes on without the Holy Spirit coming into our hearts and going, you know what, it doesn't matter. I'm going to let that go. I forgive that person. I'm not going to hold offense to that. Without that, then the church gets osteo. Arthritis. I've been in a church with that. Not this one, of course. But <laughs> where, you know, there's, where there's disagreements and bitterness and, and anger and, and, uh, and disunity and stuff going on. And that can happen in any, it can happen in a family. It can happen in any relationship. It can happen in a church. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to come in and allow these things just to to work as they're supposed to work. It's a sign of health when people are working together and, and, and the bones and the connections and the joints are, are working as they were designed to work. But the fluid's got to be there. That's why we want the Holy Spirit in our midst. We want the Holy Spirit in our church. We want the Holy Spirit in our lives to allow those things to happen as they're supposed to happen. You're learning anything. And the last part, each part working. Back from that original, back from that, uh, original scripture. Each part working. When, when it says each part working, it's saying that each part is working. Now sometimes when we think about church or we think about religious institutions or whatever, we might uh, look at it like a pyramid, like that. So you've got you know, a priest or a minister or, or somebody up the top like that, and then you've just got different echelons of, of people and authority and ability that works down like, like that. That's not the image that God uh, gives of the church, even though you might think of it like that. Uh, or sometimes people think of it of an inverted pyramid where it goes like that, where everyone's up the top and here's the pastor at the bottom running around doing everything, looking after everybody, making sure everything's happening and everyone just turns up. Some people think church is like that. But the scriptures tell us that each part working, each part contributing, each part that's why the image of the, of the body is such a great image when it comes to the church. That if it, the body must work together. And as it said before, not one part is more important than the other. The, the, the hand is not more important than the foot. You need both. The kidneys are not more important. Well, maybe they are. But, you know, the heart, the lungs, the, the eyes, the ears, each part plays it. You can't say, ah, oh, you know... Uh, uh, my hands are far more important than my feet or my 
my heart is more important than my brain or my lungs. You, you need each part doing its bit to make it happen. Each part working. God wants us in community, in connection, encouraging and working each other. That's why water baptism is such an important step because water baptism is not just about someone saying, oh, I'm, I'm getting baptized to my old life, the death of my old life, which the Scriptures does say that is, and rising again in newness of life, saying, saying uh, death to old ways, old sins, old regrets and all those things and, and rising newness of life. It does represent that, but it also represents death to my old life and rising into a new family. Water baptism is about community. The message is about being born into a new family, spiritually speaking. So it's not about just individuals doing what they do. We, we live in a very individualistic society and that's okay. It's not wrong except when we exclude the idea of community and connection and being a part of something bigger than ourselves and contributing to a bigger picture, that's the biblical story. That's the biblical image that we say, hey, I'm a part of this family. I'm a part of this community. I'm a part of uh, what God is doing. <clears throat> so we're all believing. We're all praying. We're all working together to make it happen. <clears throat> Um, solidarity. Solidarity is a word that gets thrown around a lot. Who's heard of that word, solidarity? Yeah. And it gets used for different areas, and, and it is a powerful word. Uh, but uh, I was reading recently um, uh, the writings of a guy, some of you may probably not have heard of. His name's Johann Metz. He was a German uh, Catholic theologian, um, and... He said this, he said, solidarity should not be uh, confused with mere sympathy. Solidarity is where you align yourself and you connect yourself with another group to say, I am with this other group. Now, these days, oftentimes, we think solidarity is just liking a Facebook page. You know, someone says something, you like it. Wow, I'm, I'm in solidarity with that. Now, it's good to like pages, but when it comes to the church, solidarity means belonging, to belong to something. So when we say, I'm in solidarity with Christ, I'm in solidarity with the church, with, with what God's doing, we're saying, I belong to that. I am a part of that. I'm not just a spectator. I'm not just someone observing from a distance saying, yes, I agree with it. It's saying, I'm, I am doing what I can to make a difference in that particular, for that particular cause, for that particular issue that's going on. Um, and Met said this, which really struck me as I was reading it this week. He said, solidarity, and this is particular for the church, solidarity must be extended to those who have been overcome and left behind in the march of progress. Solidarity must extend to those who have been overcome and left behind in the march of progress. As the church, as believers, it is important that we have a heart, and Jesus makes it clear in the Scriptures, not just for ourselves, 
but for those who are less advantaged. We have a heart and see people who are struggling in certain situations as our societies march forward, as our societies progress, which is great, which is part of God's purpose and plan. But in the midst of that, as we march forward, that we do not just have um, people thrown to the side who have no value and have no importance. He said this as well. He said, um, it, uh, solid, true solidarity, Christian solidarity treats persons outside of our horizon of concern or does not treat people outside our horizon of concern as, anon- as the anonymous mass. That if they aren't directly affecting us, then it's just an anonymous mass of people. The Bible says that every individual is important to God. Every person has value. And in our march for progress, in our march to move forward, with our technological advances, which are all awesome, which are fantastic. I've got an iPhone. We've all got smartphones, or most of us. We've got laptops. We've got advancements. We've got robotics. We've got autonomous stuff happening. In the advancement of technology, we cannot leave people behind. We cannot treat people as an anonymous mass who are just a, a part of the progress, as evolution would say, you know, that, that well, it's just the, the um, evolution of the species. The, the, uh, the strongest survive. No one else matters. It's just the way it works. We care about people. We see people. It is not an anonymous mass. And we must, as we move forward, as we progress ourselves, as we look to advance ourselves, our own family, our own socioeconomic position, our own church and what we're trying to do, that we are also seeing other people and not leaving people behind. That we are looking to help people move forward, advance themselves and take everyone forward. I love that statement and they they say it in war movies and stuff like that. Uh, No one gets left behind. Anyone heard that statement? No one gets left behind. That is the message of Christ as we move forward. God does want to see the world advance. He does want to see uh, everything evolve and move forward, but not at the expense of people, not at the expense of the most valuable asset, the most valuable resource, if you like, the most valuable thing on the planet, which is human beings. Human beings made in the image of God, shaped and formed. We were looking at the Essentials course this morning. God says that he saw your unformed body. He, he wrote your days in a book before you were even born. The value that you have before God is more valuable than anything else that will ever be created in this world by God or by human beings. People matter to God. We must keep our heart toward people first and foremost. Amen. Amen. Let's go.